1: You're you're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast.
0: From Mamma Mia, welcome to this very special holiday episode of The Spill.
1: I am Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick.
0: And this holiday episode is all about the best of the best in upcoming television shows. And boy, oh boy, I think we've outdone ourselves this year, Laura Brodnick. What do you think?
1: I think we certainly have. There is so much good TV coming out, some new shows, some second seasons dropping that we're going to get into. And full disclosure, guys, we are recording this in our respective closets in Sydney before we head off on holidays. So while you're listening to this, Key and I, we're probably by the pool having some drinks. Not together because that's weird. Or is it weird? I don't know. What are you doing over the holidays? We'll talk about it later. It's but not weird <laughs> at all. We're going to be in the same city for holidays. But it is coming to you from the past.
0: All right, let's get into it, shall we? Well, first cab off the rank for this very loose holiday special is Love Me. It's a new series coming to binge and it's actually their first original series that they have made as a streaming service, which is super exciting. The cast is stacked. So we've got Hugo Weaving, Boyana Novakovic, and William Lodder. So they star as a family of three, a dad and the two kids, and we meet them as they kind of are on this crossroads a really unexpected events happen and they're plunged into grief which kind of causes them to redefine and re-explore what love is. So what's really exciting about the series is that it was adapted from a Swedish show that was very successful but The head writer is Alison Bell, who is the writer of The Letdown. Now, that should give you a little bit of an indication of what it's going to be because it's obviously drama, but there's also like comedy in there too. So Glenn, which is Hugo Weaving's character, he's starting to kind of consider what love and romance is in his old age and what that might look like for him. Clara, played by Boyana, who's been in a plethora of things like iTonya, Birds of Prey, Shameless. So she's, you know, up there on the scale of pretty premium talent. Her character's fast approaching 40 and like many kind of reaching that milestone birthday, she's questioning whether she let her career thrive at the expense of having a family. So she's kind of going through that. And then Aaron, who's played by William Lodder, who starred in Wakefield, he is going through a very relatable identity crisis, which I think we've all faced in our 20s, in varying forms. So he's trying to get through that, make decisions about life, oh, and also juggle a love life too.
1: Yeah, it's always so exciting when these local streaming networks start making their own productions because it just gives so many more jobs and opportunities to Australian talent. And I think we're all such a fan of Alison Bell and she has such a distinctive voice and style and such a distinctive way of pulling characters together that this will be really enjoyable to watch.
0: I'm excited. So by the time, Spillers, you're listening to this, the series would have dropped yesterday on Boxing Day. So that means, what are you doing? Maybe we'll continue listening to the episode, but then you need to go and watch this immediately. Love me on Binge.
1: Well, moving on to another new release that we're talking about today, and that is Station Eleven. It's a new series coming to stand. So this one's actually based on an international best-selling book of the same name by Emily St. John Mandel. It takes place when this mysterious flu sweeps the world and wipes out a lot of people. And then the story actually picks up many years later with the inhabitants of a new world and the people that have come together to kind of rebuild their culture and society. And it's following their new way of life. And, of course, there are some people that are heroes. There are some people that are bonded together like family. And as with all of these kind of dystopian stories, there's people who are just a bit plain evil and trying to take over the world and rebuild it in their way. So it's got an amazing cast, including Mackenzie Davis, Matilda Lawler and Laurie Petty, who I'm sure people know a lot of her work, but a lot of people loved her in Orange is New Black, with special appearances by Gail Garcia Bernal and Daniel Dwiler. And here's a little snippet of the trailer.
0: I think this thing is really happening you can see it out there.
1: Uh, can I have your attention, please? We have shelter, we have food. This is the best thing that could have possibly happened.
0: We're the Traveling Symphony. We travel for a reason. Let's try to make the world make sense for a minute.
1: No one finds people from before. Sometimes I think we should be out there looking for them.
0: Oh, I really like the sound of this. I love End of the World. I'm also really into the twist of like performers being left there because I think it's something that you wouldn't really expect from like an End of the World type
1: series. I mean, I would kind of compare it a little bit, not so much, but like maybe to The Walking Dead or something like that in terms yes. of, you know how like in the later seasons of The Walking Dead, they all kind of form their own little societies and that sort of stuff. And the people that you become grouped with become like your family. It's the humans that are left behind that become dangerous, not the world itself. Yeah. And I actually remember when I read this book many years ago, I read Station Eleven and that was the kind of vibe I got from it, that they're going to bring that over to the show. So that one dropped on Stan on December 17th. So it's there right now for you to watch it.
0: We think we know our planet, but there's still a secret world to be discovered. If you go to the right place with the right guide, you just might find a portal into it. And we need to helmet because the volcano spits rocks up in the air as if. This helmet's gonna do something with <laughs> one of these big rocks. So this one's a little bit of a different recommendation, but I think equally just as good as any of these other ones. It's called Welcome to Earth, and it's on Disney+. It's a six-part series from National Geographic that follows Will Smith, yes, the actor, famous actor Will Smith, as he explores Earth's hidden secrets and great wonders, including volcanoes and deserts, but also so much more, like just that little blurb does not do justice for it. So in one of the trailers for this, Will Smith's like, I've never climbed a mountain. I've never swum in a lake. And I've only been in a cave once. I felt like I was missing out on something. (laughs) That's the story that they're kind of using to plug this show. But that kind of fueled his urge to explore the world. But he wanted to go further than the ends of the earth. He wanted to go to places that had never been discovered before. And obviously when you're going to the ends of the earth, it's overwhelmingly beautiful. Like he's going to some of the – areas that are completely untouched to the depths of the ocean that have never been explored before but there's also a bit of a side of intense fear because it is quite scary like he's doing a lot of stuff like in the eye of a volcano abseiling down glaciers like it's very intense but it's also quite funny because it's Will Smith so He just adds in his stuff. So I think in one of the trailers I watched, he's like abseiling into a deep, deep cave and the person that's with him is like, oh, you did so well. You just kept on going and kept on going. He's like, yeah, I'm an actor. I I know how to pretend. So like just little (laughs) things like that, that he brings, you know, that makes him really likable. And also he's got the voice, like he's a really good storyteller. So just watching the trailers, you get super excited. And I also wanted to mention the fact that It's quite interesting to see a black male at the centre of a docu-series like this. And it made me think about the decisions that Will Smith has made in his career, which he's been really open about. He's been really calculated, not necessarily in a bad way, but he wanted to be successful. He didn't want to be typecast. So he's spoken famously about, you know, figuring out the formula to box office success. And that's kind of led him through his great success in action movies and things like that. And I feel like this is almost like his latest push into a genre that's been typically reserved for really lovely white Englishmen who have done a great job for many years but it's amazing to think of what this type of representation and how much that will inspire little kids who are watching I love everything about it I don't know why I just got like such a big crush on will Smith as a
1: person get in line because he's one of the few actors where he doesn't need to be in a movie or on a press tour or anything to be just very interesting to watch yeah like I've gone down many a rabbit hole of just watching him on talk shows be interviewed or watching him talk to people or just watching his own Instagram like he is just an inherently funny interesting person and you need someone like that to be able to anchor a project like this otherwise a true entertainer yeah otherwise it's just lots of shots of scenery and that could just be an Instagram reel where he would turn it into an actual TV show so I'm really excited for that one
0: love that so Welcome to Earth came out on December 8th six episodes altogether.
1: So the next series we're going to highlight is With Love, and that's out now on Amazon Prime Video. So With Love follows the Diaz siblings called Lily and George, who are on a mission to find love and purpose. So it's a bit of a cute family drama, lots of emotions. Keri's likes that sort of stuff. So the Diaz siblings actually cross paths with these seemingly unrelated residents during some of the most heightened days of the year, the holidays. In this series, each of the five episodes is set during a different holiday as you follow this family through so it's really cute and if you're looking for something i mean there's a lot of kind of big blockbuster tv shows coming out there's a lot of really intense comedies if you're looking for something a bit more family orientated and something that will really make you feel like you're in the holiday season then with love on amazon prime would be the show to watch and here's a little bit of the trailer hi mom i told Carmela about your breakup what
0: She's gonna tell everybody! I heard about your breakup. Well,
1: who needs Bumble when you have a bunch of Latinos doing the dirty work
0: for you? Ay. That's my cousin.
1: You're nervous. I'm meeting like 10 family members.
0: Tried 30 plus. Be afraid.
1: They're okay that I'm down with the D as long as the D is not not the the devil. I hope you're hungry. I made some carnitas that'll make you see the face of God. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, but it's not beef. It's pork. Our Valentine's Day special is $75 for two. I'm writing solo like the song it's our normal fee of $50 per person
0: a 50% markup for being alone because the greatest sin one can commit
1: is being single
0: because I'm without a companion I'm gonna be taxed
1: see he gets it that show is on Amazon Prime for you to watch now what yeah well you're the dick who thinks shaming girls will boost your status in a culture of toxic masculinity need a shorter comeback yeah sorry that's alright she fed just before the nap for a change. I'll take her to art. And then I can meet you back here for lunch. Done. Nailing this. This is amazing. This is amazing. She's great. You're great. We're great. <laughs> no, how can anybody be the surprised baby, but here I am.
0: <laughs> 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 well, we know the Spillers are Absolutely losing their minds over this one because when I put the post into the Facebook group, it went off and it was just of the new trailer. I'm talking about Bump Season 2. It's the Stan original series that was just a smash hit last year. And, of course, they've worked really hard to get us the second season, which was just released on Boxing Day. So it's about a girl called Ollie. She has an unexpected pregnancy. She's at high school in Sydney And she's got a boyfriend at the time. Turns out that's not really his baby. And basically, it just kind of shows the way that you would navigate a teen pregnancy when there are two very different, very colorful families involved. Really excitingly, the actor that kind of anchors this whole series for me is Claudia Carvin, who plays Angie, which is Ollie's mom. She's just like ridiculously funny. She and Ollie's father, who's played by the equally hilarious Angus Sampson are going through a breakup. So in season two, it's almost flipped. So Ollie and Santee, who is the father of Ollie's child, are kind of in a really good rhythm with how they're co parenting. You know, they've like kind of got this parenting thing down pat. They're sharing custody, bringing to school, someone's taking to art class, someone's holding for the next one, they're sharing diaper duties. But it seems almost like Angie and Dom's worlds are a little bit crumbling because they're also still kind of navigating the fallout from last season and the big bombshell that happened about a relationship that was a little bit naughty. I don't want to give away too many spoilers because I bet you there's someone listening that hasn't seen season one. But season two just looks really good. It's kind of like the second phase of their relationship. Like now they understand what to do as new parents. It's like how do they navigate this kind of weird intermediate position of freshly dating but also share a baby, which is a massive responsibility. It's bump. It's season two. It's back, baby. It came out yesterday on Boxing Day. Move by Mamma Mia Something has changed, Carol
1: The world's acting strange these days The north and south are war Monsters roaming when they should be hibernating Maybe it's the end of days I've lived through three supposed end of days It's all horseshit Well, also on the list for today, it's The Witcher. Now, (laughs) Kate, when we had our planning meeting for this show, I was like, oh my God, I want to do The Witcher unless you want to do it because I'm so excited. I want to talk about it. And you were a bit flummoxed because you hadn't watched it.
0: I haven't watched it. And then I read the little summary that you provided and I was like... Okay, this sounds very good because right now I'm waiting week by week for my wheel of time to drop on Amazon Prime Video. And it's like I have this void, this void that I need to fill with something equally as fantastical and sexy. Even though The Wheel of Time isn't that sexy. So
1: sexy. That's no, I this is sexier. The
0: Witcher's sexy. Because I'm going to start this tonight, the first season, so I can be ready for this.
1: In the future, where we are now by the pool, Key's already watched the show and it's very exciting. So, yeah, our whole planning meeting unfortunately did dissolve into talking about the show, but that's <laughs> really okay. <did>. So, <laughs> The Witcher is a fantasy drama series on Netflix. Like I said, it's based on the book series of the same name by Polish writer Andrzej Sapowski. And the series is set in this kind of fictional, medieval inspired world world known as the continent so the first season follows Geralt of Rivia who is played by Henry Cavill his best role ever I have to say his sexiest and he's actually quite funny at it so you know five stars to him so he's a witcher and a witcher is kind of a magically enhanced monster hunter who travels around the land and you can actually hire a witcher to deal with your issues so he's kind of like an exterminator for mythical monsters or other people with powers or armies or anything like that so he's kind of your go-to guy so the story follows him, obviously, because the show is called The Witcher. But the other main character is Yennefer, who is a sorceress played by Anya Shalotta. And she was like just the breakout character of this show, which was a huge one for Netflix two years ago. So she starts off living in this very poor village with her family. They kind of give her up. She goes to this magical school where sorceresses train. This is a very simplistic version of this. She's got a hunchback and and her face is a bit messed up and people are very mean to her for how ugly she is in their eyes. As she gets powers, she kind of has this makeover, but not in a creepy way, although, I mean, show makeover is never great. But then she becomes this really powerful woman, like very much in her own right. And then she and Geralt, their stories kind of cross paths along the way. So there's three different storylines of three main characters throughout the season and they all merge until they finally come together at the end. So the other main character is a young girl called Siri, played by Freya Allen. She's actually the crown princess of a place called Sintra, and she possesses magical powers. And there's a really interesting backstory to how her storyline is linked to Geralt and how their stories come together, and why the second season is gonna be so interesting. Is that the first season, the final episode, culminated in this huge battle, and you learn where all the pieces of the story fit and that ended on a couple of cliffhangers and people have waited two years to find out what has happened to these characters so with season two coming out it's just going to be a wild sexy time like i'm saying there's a lot of monster hunting there's a lot of fantastical creatures the cinematography and everything is just incredible to watch lots of people have a lot of naked fantasy sex so you know if you're into that the witcher on netflix
0: I am honestly so excited about this. I think the fact that you told me in the prep that the show has a really long shoot time because there's just, it's like a very intricate show to shoot, basically. I cannot wait to see that on screen because I feel like that's what Game of Thrones really brought to television. That's even like what the Wheel of Time, I think, kind of brings as well, that like grandeur.
1: Yeah, actually linking it to Game of Thrones, made R.I.P. in the pop culture landscape because people don't really talk about it anymore. It's got real Game of Thrones vibes in a way of kind of mixing this big storytelling with little stories. There's even a bit of comedy in there. Like I laughed out loud a few times, not going to lie. There's a scene with a genie that's hilarious. So yeah it's a real fun time you'll like it and you'll be obsessed with him and her you'll be obsessed with both of them equally and sexually that's just the way it is when you watch the witcher (laughs) all
0: right well the next one is actually uh my biography it's called anxious people no just kidding (laughs) a little bit of festive humor for you i stumbled across this upcoming release that's coming out on Netflix. So it's a drama comedy series and it's about a bank robber who basically fails miserably by robbing a cashless bank. So his next step is to basically take eight people hostage during an open home, but he kind of gives up and then the apartment is stormed by these like two dysfunctional police officers, Jack and Jim, who are father and son, and there's just kind of one problem the apartment is empty. No one is willing to give up information. So all of the hostages are sitting down to give their testimonies afterwards at the police station to tell their version of like what happened. And people just aren't really giving up too much information. So they seem to almost share this common secret that's creating this bond between them. And one of the funniest parts in it, I can't put the trailer in because it's subtitled. One of the people who was at the house was dressed in like a full head-to-toe bunny costume and he's sitting across from the police officer and the police officer is like why are you wearing a costume and he's like well why are you wearing a policeman uniform and he's like because i'm a policeman and he goes well i'm a bunny
1: (laughs) it's like how funny you find that
0: (laughs) i just love it because i don't know it's just that european like straight humor that i really like so, it's actually based on a book. It was a bestseller by Frederick Bachman, and it has a star-studded Swedish cast. So, the caliber of acting in it is amazing, and it's like a whodunit almost kind of thing. And I think it's going to be really good. It comes out in just a couple of days on December 29th. Are you okay? When I went to go say goodbye to Gabrielle, it turned into the most incredible night of sex that I've ever had in my entire life. Get it, girl, no! No. Gabrielle has decided to stay in Paris, but there's something else behind this. I just don't know yet what it is. I need to explain myself. The more you say,
1: the worse it sounds, which is why I have to talk to her.
0: Ooh, that sounded desperate. you got that new
1: you. I used to be so decisive. And ever since I moved to Paris, my life has just been chaotic and dramatic and complicated. Oh, Emily, you're getting more French by the day. Well, I'd like to say we're ending on a high note. We're flatlining. Which, can I just say, as someone who really talks up lowbrow shows and you watch what you want for entertainment and stuff, it's very interesting of you, let's just say, to take a high horse over this particular show. So we're talking, of course, about Emily in Paris Season 2. You all knew it was coming. I hope you've all braced yourselves. Now, Kate, am I right in thinking that you haven't watched this? What was a cultural moment from the last year?
0: I'm not into like cultural moments. I'm into kind of like forging my own path when it comes to entertainment.
1: Now, I can't tell you how many times I've watched the first season, which is only something like seven episodes. What? Yeah, I think I've watched it about six times. What the hell, because Laura? I the mean amount of television we have to watch I mean- <laughs> and you
0: choose to watch that, s- that show seven times.
1: I, I just want it to be known that I am so embarrassed right now. <laughs> what I just had to tell you. No, can I just tell you? I watched it when it first came out. I was home at Christmas. My sister and I put it on. We watched it like in between, like going out and going in the pool and stuff. And it was the perfect kind of background, funny holiday show that we watched and laughed at and stuff. That was fine. I came back to Sydney. I lived my life. It was great. Then we went into lockdown key and there was no happiness and there was no joy and I couldn't concentrate on TV shows unless they were for work and I made myself watch them. But I just wanted to be out in the world wearing nice clothes and getting coffee with my friends and so I just watched Emily in Paris on a loop like in the background of doing things And at nighttime when I was having my sad wine, lighting my candles because we were in lockdown and I was alone. And I just wanted to look at pretty kind of stupid people going around Paris, having these adventures. And it is beautiful to look at. I think you'd really like it. And there is some great, the supporting characters in Emily in Paris are amazing. Emily in Paris herself, the character. I think I wrote in my review at the time that she felt like a throwback character, like she should have been the lead character in a movie ten right. years ago. I guess if you're key and you haven't watched Emily in Paris. <laughs> well, it's meant to be a comedy drama. I would say it's firmly a comedy. There's no drama happening there. It's created by Darren Starr of Sex and the City fame and also Younger fame. So it came from someone whose TV shows have meant a lot to me in the past, so this is why I wanted to watch it. So Emily is a very driven 20-something is how they describe her, who moves from Chicago to Paris for a job opportunity which would never happen but you know a twist of fate and all that sort of stuff she speaks no French and she's tasked with bringing an American point of view to a French marketing firm so as you can imagine that goes down super well by being an American being like all your french traditions are wrong let me teach you what to do and all the people who work in the marketing firm are really interesting amazing characters they're all really well known actors like in france where it's all shot so it's worth watching it just for them <laughs> and emily meets her friend called mindy who is played by ashley park so she is the original gretchen and mean girls Ooh, she's in girls five ever yes. she's great she is this amazing broadway star who also sings in this and she plays her like best friend they meet when she goes to paris the most unbelievable thing about this show is how easily she moves to a new city and makes friends Like, she just sing on a park bench, and she meets Mindy, who's lovely, and they become friends. And I've moved to a lot of cities where I don't know one. That has never happened to me before. She also falls in love with her very sexy chef neighbor, Gabrielle, who also runs the restaurant near her. They start to fall in love. She makes this delightful friend called Camille, this, like, beautiful blonde French girl who kind of shows her around the city, finds out that Gabrielle and Camille are actually dating. Oh, my God. Season one ends on this cliffhanger about their relationship. So... Is it great? No. Should it have been nominated for all the awards and stuff it was nominated for? No. Also, no. Did we need a second season? No. Am I going to watch it? Yes. because Probably seven times. Okay. Well, unless we go into lockdown again, God forbid, I probably won't watch it seven times. But I bet I'll call you to be like,
0: hey, do you want to go out for a drink in Brisbane? And you're going to be like, sorry, just watching Emily in Paris season two for the seventh time. I'm (laughs) rather busy. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) I will come over and throw rocks at your window.
1: And drag you out. I literally just lost all credibility that I've built up over the years. There is definitely a place for like really intense, dramatic TV and TV shows that make you think or TV shows that are hard to watch. Like I'm on board for all those. But I also think there's one side of TV, which is just the kind of a bit of easy watch TV. Yeah,
0: it's why I watch Friends every night, you know. It's like I watch an episode of every night. Yeah, but I Friends can't watch night. Friends
1: anymore. You need new stuff no, every sort of I don't no, watch I'm reality TV. I'm agreeing with your point
0: as in like I get it. Like yes. there's just stuff that's easy to watch and that's, that's why I was giving my example of like, yeah, that's why I still watch Friends every night, even though I've seen every single episode.
1: Can you please just try Emily in Paris? Just watch the first I episode. Swear I just I would tried to do
0: half an episode and I was just like.
1: The first episode's very bad. Yeah. I mean, I, it's always about her, but once it fleshes out to the other characters and everything, I think you'll probably like it a bit more. Yeah, okay. And it just made me like I was stuck in my apartment and we haven't been able to travel for two years and like it just shows beautiful Paris. And because they were actually filming in Paris, I kept seeing things. Oh, like, oh, I remember going there with my friends or I remember like having drinks there. Or I remember walking down like there's one street I literally remember walking down in Paris because last time I was there, my friends and I stayed there and it was making me feel like really nostalgic for when we could travel. So that's, that's why cute. it had such a big impact. Because when it dropped, like it was one of Netflix's most watched shows. Like it blew all the other titles out of the water. And I think well, it, it ticks just...
0: all the boxes for a successful series for like that demographic, you know? Like yeah, exactly. it's got the clothes, it's got the fashion, it's got the sexy location of Paris. Yeah.
1: Oh, like... and Patricia Field from Sex and City does all the costuming. Really? So you can see why I thought I had to watch it just like that's already out now so there was a big to-do about that because Patricia Field didn't go on to the Sex and City reboot because she was working on Emily Paris season two.
0: Are you serious because she I read an interview saying that she was passing the baton to like whoever did the costuming this time.
1: Yeah she said that.
0: Oh my god so Emily in Paris not only robbed us of awards robbed us of Patricia Field.
1: Yeah oh a lot my of people god. were saying like look a job's a job and she was booked Do Emily in Paris season two before and just like that was fully greenlit to go ahead and maybe that's true I don't know the negotiations of Patricia Fields like life and business but a lot of people were saying it's a real choice to do Emily in Paris two and not the new sex in the city so I don't know but like clothes are very OTT (laughs) See, now you have to watch it. Maybe I'll just watch it on mute. Okay. Jokes. You really (laughs) really missed that. So if anyone hasn't watched it yet, like Key Reese here, it's out now on Netflix. It dropped on December 22. If you've got a bit more holidays left, the perfect holiday watch, let me tell you.
0: And then if you watch it seven times, you might just get into LaBronix's really cool club.
1: Oh, shut up.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to this very fun holiday episode of The Spill. How fun is it when we just let loose and talk about shows and then pay each other out at the end? But we love each other, right? I
1: mean, sometimes.
0: That was crickets before she realised she had to respond.
1: (laughs) Maybe it's good we're about to have quite a long break from each other.
0: But we're going to be in the same city. So I'm going to find you. (laughs) Creepy. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Madeline Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye.
1: Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.